Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. This is episode 30, Revelation chapter 15 and 16. Last time in our look in Revelation, we did chapter 14, which was the Lamb and the 144,000 sealed uh, believers, the messages of the three angels, and the harvest of the earth. Today, we're starting in chapter 15. So let me read the first eight verses, and then we'll discuss. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials, full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. So first of all, this is an intro to the judgments found in chapter 16, and it's similar to chapter 8 with the intro to the seven trumpet judgments. Now he starts it out with a sign in heaven. That's the same word that he used when he talked about the great dragon in the sky, and that's uh, Samion which is an indication, especially ceremonially or supernaturally, a miracle, a sign, or a wonder. So the angels are real, verse 1, 6, and 7. Whether or not they hold real vials or, or whether it's a vision, you know, can he see these plagues literally or is this part of the vision and the symbolism in this? It's hard to say. I, I think that the vials are the symbols, and that's why he says it's a sign. And then he explains what those vials are in the following verses. And you'll see that it's, it's very literal and real judgments that happen. But part of the symbolism here could be uh, also the sea of glass with the fire, indicating the tribulation that these saints had gone through. Most likely, it's the same sea of glass from chapter 4. If you read Revelation 4, 6, and it says, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full... So there is uh, some actual stuff that he's seeing because he is seeing stuff in heaven, but it appears to be uh, part of it is a vision that is then explained in the next chapter. So verse two is the martyrs from Revelation 20. And that's where it said uh, those who had gotten victory over the beast and his image and his mark and the number of his name. So these are the people that were beheaded for not taking the mark of the beast. All right. Verse 5, where it says, After that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. I honestly think that this is symbolism, because in Revelation twenty-one twenty-two it says, In the new heaven and new earth, that there's no temple. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. It could be an allusion to the tabernacle of Moses that had the pillar of smoke in it, that was the spirit of the living God that then led them through the day as it, as it moved in front of them. Again, I think this whole thing is a vision with some real parts that he, he stood in the throne room of God and saw the sea of glass and there were actual angels there and there were actual saints, people there. So then we move into chapter 16 
where he explains these vile judgments and what they literally are. And so I think we'll see, you know, him seeing the symbolism of these things being poured out onto the earth, and yet they have real ramifications in the literal world. If you look at the timeline here, we're, we're sitting right after the sixth trumpet judgment. Remember, trumpet judgment five, six, and seven are three woes. In Revelations 8, verse 12 and 13, it says, And the fourth angel sounded. The third part of the sun was smitten, the third part of the moon, the third part of the stars. So the third part of them was darkened. And then verse 13, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. Then it moves into chapter 9. It gives the sixth trumpet. Verse 14, it said, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And then we move to chapter 10 through 14, which is, tells us about the two witnesses. And chapter 11 says, the second woe is past, and behold, the third woe, which is the seventh trumpet, comes quickly. And that's at some point in the second half of the tribulation. Then we come here in Revelation 16, verse 1, where it says, go pour out your vials of the wrath of God on the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Now notice this sore comes to those who have the mark of the beast, not those who have refused it. Very interesting. So it is a physical sore. And it's similar to the plagues of Egypt. A, a lot of these are. If you look at the sixth plague of Egypt... It was boils. Exodus 9, starting in verse 8. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it towards the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And it shall become small dust in all the land of Egypt, and shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon men and upon beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. And they took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses sprinkled it up toward heaven, and it became a boil breaking forth with blains upon men and upon beasts. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boil was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. So it was on the Egyptians, not the Israelites. So just a quick note, I had to look this up. Blains are inflammatory eruptions or bursting forth. So basically the boils are breaking and they're inflamed and it's, you know, boils. They're pus-filled and gross. So extremely uncomfortable, disgusting, and painful. And then the second vial is in Revelation 16, 3. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. This is every living soul actually means that which has life. So all the fish, all the people, anything that's in the oceans, right? Remember, the seas are oceans. I don't know if this is referring to one particular sea or all the seas. It doesn't really specify but the oceans, or the salt water, literally turns to blood. The word as, the blood of a man, actually means that is the blood of a dead man, or after the manner of the blood of a dead man. So that means it's just not a specific human's blood. It's not the blood of a certain man, but is the same as blood that men bleed. So this is the same as the first plague of Egypt. It's not, it's not uh, symbolic. This is literal. 
Exodus seven seventeen. Thus saith the Lord, and this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. Then we have the third vile judgment which is 16 verse 4 through 7. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Now, this seems like it's redundant, but it's actually the fresh water the rivers and the fountains of waters become blood. Again, literal blood. Keep in mind, in the plagues of Egypt, even the water that was stored up in pots turned to blood. It wasn't just the running water. Exodus seven nineteen, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, upon their ponds, and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. We don't know if this is going to affect believers as well as the unbelievers. We do know that this judgment is specifically because that the people of the world deserved this judgment because they had killed the saints and prophets of God during this tribulation time. So this third vial, you could argue that it's only for the murderers, the unbelievers, those who have the mark of the beast. Then you have the fourth vial, which is in uh, Revelation 16, 8, and 9. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. So I would speculate that this might be a sun flare. I'm not sure. But I imagine air conditioners will short out or freeze up because of the workload, and that nobody's going to have any way to cool off. Then you have the fifth vial, which is in verse 10 and 11. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. Again, this is literal. It's darkness where people will go mad, and that has psychologically been proven to happen. This is similar to the ninth plague of Egypt, which was, again, darkness. And if you look in Exodus chapter 10, starting in verse 21, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. So this kind of excludes the idea of an eclipse or something like that. This is darkness that can be felt. There's no, and for three whole days, right? Now, again, here in the end times, I don't know how long this is going to be, but it will be literal darkness. And then in Exodus verse 23, it says, they saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. This gives me hope that God will spare his believers from some of these plagues. Okay. Then you have the sixth vial in revelation 16 verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the Kings of the East might be prepared. This is why I think the vials are part of the vision, because did he literally see an angel pouring dryness out of a vial to dry up the river Euphrates? I think it's like the dreams of Daniel, where these symbols, the vials, 
are symbols of things that literally happen, like the dried up river. Now, maybe this is to allow the armies of the Antichrist to come from Egypt against Israel over dry land. It's just amazing the similarities to uh, the book of Exodus in Egypt. It just, it just can't be ignored, the ten plagues of Egypt and what God did for the Israelites back then. And I think the book of Ecclesiastes, that everything repeats itself over time. And when the nations of the earth rebel against God, I think the judgments, the plagues of Egypt are coming back. Then we have verse 13 through 16, where it talks about the demons leaving the unholy trinity to gather the armies together for the battle of Armageddon. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. So that's why I say the unholy trinity, the antichrist, the dragon, which is the devil, and his false prophet. Verse 14, for they are the spirits of devils, so demons, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So here's all these plagues happening. And then suddenly these demons go out and are like, that's it. We need to fight and we're going to take out Israel. Verse 15, behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Well, there you go. So they're coming to fight against Israel in the Valley of Armageddon, right? And then the seventh vial happens. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So he says, it is done. This is the end, the last one. There's a great earthquake. Babylon, the city, falls into three parts, maybe because of the earthquake divided into you know, divided by chasms in the earth. I don't know, but every Island moves. The mountains disappear. There's a great hail. I believe this is the seventh trumpet. They're the exact same words and judgments in revelations 11, 15, it says in the seventh angel sounded. So we're on the seventh vial, but I'm referring to the seventh trumpet. And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry. So the vile judgment said, Men blasphemed God. And then here on the trumpet, it says in verse 18, And thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets. So there's the rapture of the saints that are murdered for not taking the mark. And to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldst destroy them which destroy the earth. Verse 19, And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake for the seventh trumpet, right? But we just read the seventh vial, verse 18 said, and there were voices and thunders and lightnings and there was a great earthquake. So you see how I said they're the same words 
for the seventh trumpet and the seventh vial. And then if you continue in 1119, the seventh trumpet says, and great hail. And we just read the seventh vial says, there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. So some people will try and say that the seventh trumpet judgment is a different type of trumpet from the other six. Well, that's false. There are two words for these trumpet judgments in the New Testament. There's salpizo, which is used 12 times, and that means to sound a blast. And then you have the word salpinx, which is used 11 times in the New Testament, and it means a quavering or reverberation, a trumpet sound. Both words for trumpet are used in these passages. So the passages people use for the rapture. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, Matthew 24.31, 1 Corinthians 15.52, and I'll read that one. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. These are the arguments for the rapture, okay? And people will say, well, this trumpet that is in these verses is clearly different than the trumpet judgments. That is a lie, and here's why. In those verses that I just quoted, 1 Corinthians, Matthew, and 1 Thessalonians, both words for trumpet are used, salpizo and salpinx. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump is the word salpinx, which means a quavering or reverberation. So it says, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. For the trumpet shall sound is the word Salpizo, which means a blast. So in each instance of these verses used for the rapture, both words for trumpet are used, a blast and a quavering or reverberation. Revelation 8.6 uses both also. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets, means quavering or reverberation sound, prepared themselves to sound, which means a blast. Both words used for the seven trumpets, salpizo and salpinx. All right. Then you look at Revelation 8, 13. And I beheld and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet, which is salpinx, a quavering, a reverberation trumpet, of the three angels which are yet to sound. So it's saying both trumpet five, six, and seven are the quavering or reverberation trumpet. However, most people don't know the word sound in the New Testament here in Revelation actually is the same word for trumpet. So when it says the reason of the other trumpets of the three angels, which are yet to sound, the trumpet word is salpinx, which are yet to sound word is salpizo, to sound a blast. So trumpet five, six, and seven have the same blast and quavering or reverberation. So the conclusion to this is this, the seven trumpets, the, the two words are used interchangeably. Remember, when a trumpet will blast, it will reverberate across as far as the sound carries. And I think these go all over the world. A blast is not short, but it is a loud ongoing noise. Therefore, there's no difference in these seven trumpets, only the difference in the judgments that they bring. All right, so here's the summary. 
the seventh seal of chapter six opens up the seven trumpet judgments. The seventh trumpet judgment of chapter 11 opens up the seven vile judgments, which we just read about. The seventh vile is the end before the battle of Armageddon, and this is the seventh trumpet sound. The battle of Armageddon happens and ends almost immediately with just a word from Jesus, and we'll cover that next time. And then we are called up to meet the Lord at his victory and usher him to Jerusalem to rule a thousand years. So this reverberation of the seventh trumpet is the seventh vile judgment and the voice of the archangel and Jesus coming and destroying the enemies at the battle of Armageddon. I think that is a great reverberation or sound of a trumpet where everything happens immediately. And then we are caught up in the clouds with the Lord to witness his victory and usher him back to Jerusalem. So we're going to cover that in more detail in the next couple of chapters. I look forward to explaining more to you. If you have any questions on any of these specifics, definitely email me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. And until next time, may God bless you all.